everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. And now, and now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You bet your ass, man. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow. Now is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host Eddie Trunk. Hey everybody, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to another edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, new every Thursday and now available via Stitcher. This is our first podcast with our new arrangement with Stitcher Sirius XM and uh, going forward you will find us on Stitcher, you will find us on Apple Podcast, Pandora, for subscribers on Sirius XM. Spotify, all the usual podcast outlets, and uh, thank you so much for checking it out, and it's great to now transition after about seven years in the Podcast One world over to Stitcher Sirius XM. I made this change to put everything under the same umbrella as my radio show. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, as you know, and as I've said every week, the interviews you hear on my podcast all originate on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation on Volume. So it only made sense to move the podcast into the Sirius XM world, especially with their acquisition of Stitcher and put everything under the same umbrella. What does it mean for you, the listener? Well, really nothing. Everything remains free. You you get the, the show free every Thursday. Uh, new episodes, just like always. The only difference is it's no longer, if you were accessing it through Podcast One platforms, meaning their app or website, I don't believe it's going to be there anymore. However, you still have a ton of other outlets to just get it from, totally free, as usual. And adding to that will be Stitcher and Pandora and the SiriusXM app. But that one is only if you're a SiriusXM subscriber, which of course, I certainly hope you become one. That's the whole idea if you're in the U.S. or Canada. But uh, if you aren't, you can get it on all the usual platforms, just no longer Podcast One, but a bunch of new additional ones, all totally free. So thank you to uh, you know Podcast One for having me all these years, and welcome SiriusXM Stitcher as the new home for this podcast going forward. 
And as usual, as I tell you every week, the interviews you hear on this podcast originated on Trunk Nation, my daily rock talk show on Sirius XM Channel 106 volume. Be sure to listen live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern. Anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. And certainly if you're in the U.S. or Canada and you are, you are not listening every day on Sirius XM volume, you're only getting a tiny, tiny taste of what I do on a daily basis there here on the podcast. So hopefully you come on board with us sooner than later. Uh, we got a great one for you. Now, one of the cool things about this new arrangement and this new distribution that I just told you about is there have been interviews and things that I have not been able to bring to you here on the podcast that have happened on the radio show uh, just because of certain restrictions that were in place. Now, being under the same umbrella, those restrictions have been loosened. And I can tell you this week's interview is a prime example of that because I do these shows that we call invasions, uh, virtual invasions, and normally an L.A. invasion where I actually broadcast from the rainbow in L.A. Though The in-person stuff has been suspended because of the pandemic, and I certainly hope that's going to come back very soon as things are opening all over the country. But for the last year or so, we've been doing these invasions virtually via Zoom, and it's a way for the audience to ask questions to the artists, and it's really a cool, fun thing to do until we can get back out and do stuff physically out in the uh, out in the country. So in the past, I've not been able to bring you those broadcasts here on the podcast, but going forward, I will be able to, and that's why we're going to open this next wave of podcasts under this new situation with a... Uh, a type of show that I've never been able to bring to you before on the podcast. And that is a virtual invasion, which took place, I want to say about a month or so ago. And that was with Cheap Trick, all four members of the band, Rick Nielsen, Tom Peterson, Dax Nielsen, and of course, the ageless wonder, as I call him, Robin Zander. Cheap Trick, at the time we did this interview, were just about to release their new album, In Another World, in a week or two. Of course, the album is now out. It is a fantastic record. It did really, really well for Cheap Trick. And if you did not get it, I urge you to check it out. They're one of the few classic rock-based bands that still make a new album every couple years, and more importantly, a really good new album. So check out In Another World. It is out now. And get ready to hear all four members of the band joining me in a special director's cut of this interview. Uh, the interview when it aired on the radio was about 48 minutes. This is the version that appeared on the SiriusXM app with bonus content coming in at just around an hour. So some extra content as well in the Cheap Trick Invasion you are about to check out here in a second. So that's what we have for you this week. Remember to follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook. EddieTrunk.com is the website. And again, be sure to check me out daily on volume, Sirius XM Channel 106, Talking Rock With You. That kind of covers it for this week. Oh, I do want to say a big thank you before I forget too as this is the first week, again, under the new distribution platform for this podcast. Uh, huge thanks to Katie Irizarry, who was my producer of every episode. And I don't know, I never counted the podcast episodes. I know a lot of people number them and have done that who do podcasts. I, I should have started doing that a long time ago. I never did. But I do know that we did about seven years of podcasts, so you can almost do the math 
one a week, never missed a week, 52 weeks times seven. I mean, it's pretty amazing the amount that we did. And uh, Katie put every one of those together for me, and she's been wonderful. I've known Katie for about 10 years. I met her in the hallways of Sirius XM. Uh, she was very young, and she's still very young compared to me. But <laughs> she was, you know, she was a fan. She came up. She started talking to me, and for years, Katie worked for me for free, uh, helping me on my Sirius XM radio show back in the day. And then when that uh, Katie went on to do other things in her career, she still continued to work with me on the podcast for next to free. <laughs> not totally free at least for that but close to it uh but she's you know has a tremendous passion for the music she's been a big help to me for for probably over 10 years now and i greatly greatly appreciate her help and working with her on the podcast up until this point now as we move forward starting with this one she is no longer involved just because we're moving to another company but uh, I wish her nothing but the best, and something tells me we'll work again on something somewhere down the line. Going forward, Joel Pollack, who produces my daily radio show, will be in charge of getting the podcast out and producing it. And uh, we welcome Joel to the podcast world. If you're a radio listener, you know he's been with me now for a little while on the live radio front. So there's your update for the week. Enjoy Cheap Trick. These guys are great. I have so much history with them. Such an incredible band. Just wonderful people, amazing songs, top to bottom. We also did a Cheap Trick Top 20 not too long ago as one of my Trunk Nation Top 20 shows, which was so much fun. So it's been a really good celebratory time for Cheap Trick with this new album out and having done a lot of stuff with the guys who I've really known now for better than 30 years. Uh, just, just wonderful people. So enjoy on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast, all four members of Cheap Trick. And since we never aired an invasion before, uh, that, that format of my show on the podcast, you will hear questions from an audience during this because we do these with a an, an audience over Zoom. At, you know, normally, I, again, I do them in person, but because of the pandemic, they've been done virtually. But you'll hear me talk to the band for a little bit at the top, and then the rest of the broadcast will be audience questions of people that called in and asked the guys some stuff during it. And that's something you've never heard before on this podcast because, again, this particular format show, until now, I haven't been able to bring to you as uh, as the podcast so enjoy it something different extended cut cheap trick with an audience it's this week's eddie trunk podcast with cheap trick here it is welcome everybody to the latest trunk nation virtual invasion i am eddie trunk and we are going to have a great hour and i know we're going to have a great hour because i've had Many more than great hours with this band joining us for the virtual invasion today. And it is one of the great rock bands of all time, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, a band that on April 9th will be releasing their 20th studio record called In Another World, which sounds absolutely incredible. It's a great honor to welcome to the show all four members of Cheap Trick. All right, so let's go around the horn. We've got uh, Rick Nielsen. Rick, good to see you. Good to be here. Good to see you, Eddie. Uh, Dax Nielsen. Hey, Dax, how are you? Eddie, it's a real pleasure. I had myself muted. Dax, <laughs> where are you out there? Are you in a you're in a drum studio of some sort? Where are you Where are you at today? Yeah, I took this time to. Uh, I got an old barn that I converted into a recording studio. I've taken the nice. last eight or so months instead of 
doing all my normal bad habits, I found some good ones to take my time away. Nice. Going around the horn with a, with an army of bases behind him, the great Tom Peterson. Hey, Tom, how are you? Hi, Eddie. Nice to see you. You too. You are in, in uh, is that a studio as well that you're in? Yeah, it's just a little room with a Pro Tools rig. All right. And last but certainly not least, the ageless wonder, Robin Zander. Robin, <laughs> how's things? Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, the picture on the wall is getting older. Not of you. <laughs> so, guys, I'm congratulations. Just, uh, the, the new album, In Another World, is uh, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Everybody listening, it's out everywhere on April 9th. 20th album. Rick, did you ever think when you started this whole thing, you'd be talking about a 20th studio record in 2021? Yeah, I predicted it. Uh, no, <laughs> no, not of course not. I feel it's like the lyric on our first record. I'm 30, but I feel like 16. Well, until I look in the mirror or think about anything else. But uh, great kudos to you, Eddie. Uh, thanks for coming to our shows a bunch. And I did some radio stuff earlier today. And uh, all these other DJs, they look up to you. Is that right? Yeah. It was actually uh, Uncle Joe Benson, who we'd known for 100 years. So, yeah, it's fun making this record. And it's like, uh, yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> I can't believe it. It's like I went, I went yesterday and took a picture of one of our plaques we had to make sure it was 20. I mean, I had no idea what number it was. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. It's been 20 years. And, and to those DJs, I, as my fraternity of radio, I appreciate that and appreciate that sentiment. Um, Robin, let me ask you this about this record. You know, there are so many bands and you know, you tour a lot with with so many different bands and a lot of bands that have the history of cheap that Cheap Trick has of, uh, you know, 45, 50 years in and 20 studio records. Most of them don't see any value or even want to make new music. They just want to play the hits, and it's it's about nostalgia and playing the greatest hits on the road. Obviously, that's not how you guys are wired. You've consistently always made new records. Talk about that mentality, that need to always create something new. Well, I guess each band has their own, you know, each to their own. Ourselves, we just enjoy what we do. We're musicians. We're, you know, we like writing songs. We like making records, and we love touring. Um, we never stopped touring until this, this last year. But um, uh, I think it's just, uh, if, if we didn't do those things that I just mentioned, we probably would give it up. I mean, there'd be no point in it, would there? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's great when, when bands that have been around for a long time make new music when it's good new music and can be measured up against what they once did in their past. And it, remarkably, you guys are able to do that, and the new album is proof of that. T Tom, you jump in on this. What are your thoughts about right. making new music today? I mean, there's a lot of people that say, oh, classic rock bands can't get arrested with new music. P the fan base doesn't care. I think Cheap Trick fans do care. Well, I really, the bottom line is we care. That's why we yeah, are, are really our whole lives. When we, when we started, we wanted to make records, and we're able to do that. So that's really, you know, that's what lasts for eternity. So to us, it's really important. We basically make the records for ourselves and then hope for the best. Well, Dax, I want to swing it around to you. How many years now for you in Cheap Trick and how, and what studio record is this for you? 
I think Dax muted himself. This is my again. fourth studio record. Um, okay. We did a couple of singles here and there. And funny enough, I just got a memory today on Facebook and uh, 11 years ago today, I posted that I was packing some extra big socks because I had some extremely big shoes to fill. So today is my 11th anniversary. Today, actually on the day we're doing this, your 11th anniversary. I flew to Austin and then I think uh, tomorrow or the next day, we, we I, no rehearsals, no nothing, just went and got it shot <laughs> 90 minutes worth of music in, in front of millions of people millions of viewers. So. How cool is that? 11 years ago today. When you got, Rick, when you needed to replace Bunny Carlos, was your son the the first choice? Was it the immediate natural thing to do at that point? Did it just, was it right there in front of you? Well, uh, well, let's see. Uh, We, we knew we needed to have somebody to, uh, to replace. And I had to call Dax and uh, find out if he was interested. But I had also had to call Tom and Robin because I didn't want it to be my choice. And it's like, oh, well, Rick's kid or whatever. But see, Dax had played with us before on an Aerosmith tour when Bunny got his back operated on. And plus then after that, I, I didn't really see him for like 10 years. And But the fact that he worked with Dick Dale for three years and he worked with uh, Randy Carlisle, it's like, his chops were there and he knows, he, actually he knows the songs better than we do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time that we, uh, starting 10 years ago, it was the first time or 11 years ago. First time we d- did all our songs at the right tempo too. Dax, have you ever actually said to anybody else in the band, no, you guys are playing that the wrong way on a, on an old song. Not exactly like that. No, no. I, <laughs> More diplomatic. I know my, I know my place. Uh, <laughs> maybe I suggested. Air on stage. Yeah, I, I I know the um I know where I stand, so I definitely did not tell anybody they did anything wrong. I said maybe suggested we try something a little differently, you know. It's, it's more uh, like us asking him, how did the bridge go on this? <laughs> yeah, you know, so, uh, during this time off, or th- during this time, well, when we were thinking about it, you know, we had uh, I'd spoken with Dave Grohl, and I'd spoken with Tommy Lee, and I spoke with Chad Smith. But they all had their own bands, you know. It's like we wanted somebody permanently, so Dax, we made him available, and he said, "Yeah, we did South by Southwest and then Austin City Limits two days in a row with no rehearsal, and uh, nobody was booing in the audience." So, Rick, tell everybody about the making of this record. When did you do it? How did you do it? And where did you do it? In terms of, was it done pre-lockdown? Did you all get together during the lockdown? How did you create in another world? Well, it was a a couple of years back, we started, it was really not the, the, the idea of making an album. It was just, we just always, like uh, Tom or Robin said, it's like, we go and record when we can. And so we went in, we did uh, Summer, uh, yeah, Summer Looks Good on You, or Here Comes the Summer. We did that. And then we just, every time we'd have some time off, we went in the studio. Uh, we we're, we don't have the luxury of going, uh, you know, like, okay, we're going to take six months off and record. You know, we went when we had time. Sometimes we'd do a song. We get didn't get it finished. That's all right. And then I do part my some of my parts in in Rockford at my my other son's studio. You know, we didn't go in with any big pre plan. Robin and I went to uh, one one day. We were staying at the hotel, and they had a studio there. We went in and we uh, did about three or four or five songs that aren't even on the record. So there's you know there's more stuff that we've not even done yet. To be continued. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. So Summer Looks Good on You was released earlier. We know that. Um, you also have on it, Give Me Some Truth, the John Lennon cover, which you had previously released as well. Those sort of kind of bookend the record, opening and closing the record. And then the material in between, I imagine, was all done at different times. But I guess the question being is this was completely written and recorded prior to things being locked down? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was very much done. Um, you know, uh, we had uh, even the title was just, you know, we pretty much finished everything. And then COVID hit and that was the end of it. No, we, you know, we added the the album cover and the album title. I mean, I don't think we had the title until about three months ago. And the, the cover and the, the uh, sequence, because the sequence is important too. You know, it's like, well, should we add this? Should we have this? It's like, I think when Cheap Trick makes records, we try to make the old word album. You know, we make it so when you get to the end, you want to start over again. It's not the, the one single and then 12 other songs that aren't as good. You know, we, we do them all all in earnest. True, but uh, the sentiment of the record, I think, didn't have anything to do with COVID. I mean, that was that was afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Tom, how, for a band that tours so much, like Cheap Trick does, as you mentioned, I mean, this is pretty much the only thing that could keep a band like you guys off the road is a global pandemic. How, how have you been doing through all this uh, in terms of not, you know, have you felt recharged being home or you itching to get back out on the road? How are you feeling about things? Well, it's it's different because we've never had any sort of time off, any you know length of time, maybe two, three. If we had three weeks off, it was like wow, that's wild. We're not <laughs> gone all the time, but we, uh, you know, we you know we don't go for three years and then come back home. But you know, we'll go for a few months and kind of go back and forth and try to you know keep it under control. So I forgot your question. With my great answer here, Eddie. no, just what you've been doing to to occupy the time, uh, you know, being home. Have you been able to work on some other things? I mean, what what have you done since the record was done already? Well, I've got a little Pro Tools rig here, which I unbelievably figured out. Not 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 all the fine points like editing or any of that kind of stuff, but at least so I really enjoy recording. It's fun to me. It's like. I look at it like a hobby and I do tracks and just try to come up with things. And I, I, re I just really enjoy that. So that's what I've been doing. And Dax, for you, we already know you, you built that, uh, you know, that drum room that you have going there. Now that, you know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, you being in the band and this being your fourth studio record, how do you feel like you've grown into the role as, as the drummer in Cheap Trick? I imagine it's a lot easier for you now than it was first coming in and being thrown into the fire. Uh, in a way, I mean, I think when I first started, I was trying to fit in more. And I think now I'm, I mean, I'm still doing the same, I, you know, my, like they said about making albums, you make it for yourself first. And then, you know, hopefully the fans like it. My main job has always been to make these three guys happy. You know, does the song feel good? Am, am I doing my part to, you know, so I'm still nervous as hell every time I play with those guys. It's not like I'm comfortable all of a sudden. And now with a year off, I, I think we all have to like, dust off the dust <laughs> literally so i don't know I, I it's up to these guys to tell me if i'm doing the right thing and there's, there's a lot of inspiration that comes from dax too i mean if he's being very humble but you know he he's a great player he's a well-rounded musician he writes songs he sings he plays guitar plays keyboards he's not just a drummer you know so i mean we we get some inspiration from him too that's yeah, the neat no. part about this band i think is that everybody 
gets inspiration from each other. And uh, we, we just go with it, see what happens. We have a ton of people uh, that are watching and listening now that are going to join us and ask you guys questions. And one of the great things about doing these specials that we do is to let the audience do exactly that. So I want to get to them quickly because we've got a lot of people that want to talk to you. But but just a couple more things from me about the record itself. A couple tracks in particular that I really, really like. And um, I guess, Rick, if you can take this uh, and then anybody else can can chime in. Uh, beyond the singles that have been released so far from the record, one of my favorite tracks on the album is a song called Final Days. Uh, who can, can somebody give me the background and the story on that one? Do, Rick, you want to take that? It was, uh, it was a cheap trick trying to do a blues song in a way, but it's in F sharp, which is kind of the, of the wrong key to play harmonica on for one. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's our, our interpretation of a, of a blues and slow and cool, but it's got a it's got a pop chorus to it, and it's got some fun guitar on it, and it's 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 something typical a non typical cheap trick song, but it's but at the same time it, it's us. And I think Tom came up with the initial part on it, and then Robin sings his ass off on it. It's like it's 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 just cool. I mean, uh, I hope I don't get everybody mad, but I, I always say that I don't think we've progressed. <laughs> that much well because you know so we, we still have the roots and the music that we liked back in the day I mean, I, some of this stuff is like an homage to some of our heroes in a way because the way we play we've never tried to outplay ourselves or do stuff that uh you know that's over our head you know it's like we don't try to let's go play some jazz we need more keyboard you know it's like <laughs> you know and then and the fact that we got jimmy hall at the end you know robin plays harmonica too so it's like I don't know who's, I don't, I can't tell which one is which. I give you all those. <laughs> that guy is amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool song. It was one of the ones that jumped out at me. And the other thing that I wanted to ask about with the, with the record is that uh, it's, the record's called In Another World, and there's a song on the record called Another World twice. There are two versions of the song on the record, and I don't recall ever seeing a band uh, have done that before with two very different versions of the same song placed on the record. I, I thought that was really cool. And I like both versions a lot. Tell me about the idea behind that. Go ahead, Robin, you'd start with it, I guess. You know, we, we did the slow version first. And uh, when, when the producer left the room, we did it the way we wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it both ended up on the record. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Tom, can you elaborate on that at all? Well, no, not really, but we just uh, thought it would sound, we, we were wondering how it would sound if the Sex Pistols did it. So that's our attempt at that. And we'd work with Steve Jones. So if we were going to play him the song, we were going to play that version instead of the slow one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve Jones was on, is on the Lennon cover, right? He's on Give Me Some Truth, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rick, do you have a favorite of the two versions? Uh, well, I, I thought of the Sex, sex Pistols, but uh, since he, he already got his own cut, I've been saying it's like, it's our Ramones version. It's the fast version of it. But um, yeah, I, I like them both because I, I, I've always thought our songs could be done and have been done by other people with different arrangements, yeah, which is it's interesting. Yeah. What well, was that, Robin? In color, what you want me doesn't sound anything like Budokan or the way we used to do it live before. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's even us doing our own stuff. And so it doesn't surprise me. It's like uh, we've done, uh, we redid in color. And we have a, uh, a version of uh, O Caroline. We call it the bummer version because it's like slow and kind of creepy. It's like, it's not a pop song anymore. It's like, you know, a lot of minor chords. I mean, the regular version has minor chords anyhow. But and so like, uh, and we interpret our own stuff. I think Tom is right. You know, it's like, Julian left the room. Okay, crank it up, guys. Hey, we experiment with stuff, you know. We like doing that. I think it adds a lot of, um, well, we're diverse as it is, but it adds a lot of diversity to the band. Plus, there's some background voices in in this, in this, the fast one. You know, we do the, the baby voices uh, in there. Robin and I do very good baby voices. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's I, I honestly like both versions. There's so many cool tunes on the record. Everybody's got to check it out. It's out on April 9th, the 20th studio record from Cheap Trick in another world. And you get a lot of bang for your buck, as you just heard two versions of a song of the same song on the record. There's like 13 tracks. I love the fact that you put the stuff that was previously released as singles on there. It brings it all together, all that continuity. It's it's just an incredible record. It really is. Hey, Eddie, uh, congratulations you on heard that. The version of Rebel Rebel? Uh, yes. Well, th well, that's not on the record, though. No, no. I was just wondering if you heard it. Yes, yes. It was very cool that you did that as well. You guys were very active doing a lot of things that, that came out during the course of the pandemic, which I think were cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was Jack and Douglas. Jack worked on that with you? Yes. Yeah. First time you worked, worked with him again for in a while, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he also worked with us on She Said, the Beatles song, She Said, She Said, which, yeah. is, on, which is on one of your label mates at Sirius Radio, that guy named Howard. What about him? What, 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 it was, was on what? He played it? The, the Beatles song. The Beatles song. Right. We, we did that, and Jack um, produced that at uh, Johnny Depp's house. And it's like uh, we did kind of a, a Who version of that. So, I mean, there, right. there's a lot of stuff that we keep doing. We're... And um, what's our line, Robin? We're too dumb to quit. You know, we just keep going. <laughs> uh, finally, touring. Before we get to the audience, that's what everybody's going to want to know. It's the question mark that looms out there for everybody. When are you going to be able to go out on the road? Now, looking at the Cheap Trick website, you had a tour with Rod Stewart. Is that rescheduled or where are we at with all that? I believe it is. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't heard any different. I know that uh, the CZ Top one is also going to be rescheduled. That was scheduled for right now. We were going to go out, but uh, it didn't happen. But you know, you plan these tours, and what are you going to do when they're all pushed back? And and it looks like you have some dates in Australia sooner than that, right, Rick? Right. I think we're the first first uh, band to go to international shores. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. We're going to Stone Temple Pilots and Cheap Trick and Bush and. Uh, Rose had to, and uh, somebody, you know, it's like, they're looking forward to it. So, you know, everybody's been starved of music, not just us, the players, but, you know, the audience. So I think it's going to be, it's going to open up some new, some minds about uh, seeing rock shows and music again, because everybody's been starved from it. It's like, what have you been doing? I, you know, I've carry out food and, and what? 
Yeah, I think there's going to be new appreciation all the way around with the fans and, of course, the artists having the opportunity to play to those fans. Cheap Trick, our, our guest, it's Eddie Trunk. This is the Trunk Nation Virtual Invasion, and we are going to go to a break right now, and we are going to turn it over to the great audience to ask, uh, let them ask the guys a question about anything they want in the band's career. Again, the new album is called In Another World. It's out on April 9th. We'll come back with your questions and calls for Cheap Trick right after this. And now, back to the Trunk Nation. Virtual Invasion. It's like Tron, but with more guitars. Trunk Nation. On volume, Sirius XM Channel 106. Okay, Eddie Trunk back with you with the guys from Cheap Trick. The new album, In Another World, out April 9th. We talked a little bit uh, about it there at the top. And it, it truly is a fantastic record. It's incredible, the quality of material the guys still continue to make. And if you've gone to see them live, you know they are still one of the best live bands you'll ever have the opportunity to check out. And always changing the set list, always keeping it live, real, doing it the way you're supposed to do it. Just fantastic stuff. So without further ado, because we have so many people that want to uh, ask the guys a question, let's get to it right now. And we're going to bring in our first caller viewer, and it's Jason Niebaum. And Jason will be asking the person of Cheap Trick of his choice a question. Welcome, Jason. Go ahead and fire away. Hey guys, how are you? Happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. Hey, Jason. All right. So, hey, yes, we are recording record, this on St. Patrick's Day, Julian, just so people know. You guys mentioned Julian Raymond a little bit earlier with this new record. You guys have worked with him. I think this is the fifth album, the most that you guys, the, the most albums you work with uh, any other producer. Can you tell us a little bit more about that working relationship with him and how you got first connected with him, and and then why you think this is the longest producer artist relationship you've had through the years? Well, Tom, why don't you uh, take this? Because I think we met him through you. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. I met, I met Julian in 1980. I was living in Los Angeles, and he was obviously much younger. He wasn't a little kid or anything, but it was like, hey, this guy really has some great ideas. And, and he and I just started kind of working on songs and stuff together, and kind of one thing led to another. And he he, he started producing us, and he's really become like another member of, of the band. He, I, I think he brings out the best elements in us almost more than sometimes than we can. We you know we're too close to it. So he's a great fit. And, you know, I can't say enough about, you know, what a great artist he is in his own right. And he's got a good sense of humor because he's working with us. What, what do you guys look for? What's the most important quality at this stage in your career after making 20 studio albums, after having worked with so many producers, whether it's George Martin, Tom Worman, Jack Douglas, whoever it may be, what, what, what do you want the most from a producer to, to do for Cheap Trick at this stage in your career? Rick? Well, uh, like, like uh, Tom said, uh, Julian, is a, he's an artist on, on his own, but he respects our past our present and our future. And he tries to, you know, not do too many weird things, but he's also so positive about everything you bring to him. Like Robin brings something, Tom will bring, I'll bring Jackson. And it's like, oh, that's a good idea. I mean, it's like, whoa, as opposed to let's get some outside writers. The first thing, oh, yeah, yeah. 
that drove me nuts. Uh, you know, we used to have managers and producers and record companies that, you know, they didn't look in to us. They looked elsewhere to, to satisfy them, which never satisfied us. And uh, although we've had some hits and stuff like that, but, you know, that's not the first place to go, the, the first watering trough. And he also has to have, have a sense of humor and... Uh, and we we love to drive him and the engineer nuts. So, so it works out good. <laughs> let's say you know Julian knows our past, and he knows that we've worked with uh, all these great producers. You know, we've run the gamut of producers, so he's got a lot to live up to. It. Yeah, and he also he, he we knew him back in the day when he was uh, at Capitol Records, and then he moved to Hollywood Records, and now he's at, at Big Machine, and. Uh, he also got some opportunities for me. I played on the, the two last two Glenn Campbell records too. It's, oh, wow. it's uh, some interesting stuff. And he's had his uh, number one hits with other things too, <laughs> more than with us. <laughs> let's, uh, let's welcome he's, in he's our got next. He's the Grammy note. <laughs> let's welcome in our next uh, listener and viewer on Zoom. It's Jay in Los Angeles. And he will be coming up on the screen here in a second and ask one of the members of Cheap Trick a question. Welcome, Jay. Uh, address your question to any of the members of Cheap Trick, and thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Eddie, and all hail the mighty Cheap Trick. I go back to the very first album with you guys. Probably seen you 50 times from Red Rocks, Forum, Greek Theater, and so much more. But the new album marks the 20th of your career. What an amazing catalog. How do you choose your set on a nightly basis, and which of the new songs are you most itching to perform live? Rick, take it away. As you know, we've done, uh, we did the three night stands and then we did the four night stands where we did everything. So uh, I don't know that, it's gonna be tough, uh, but uh, you know, the first two songs that the radio heard, you know, uh, some, not some looks good on you, but uh, light up the fire and then, um, Boys and Girls and Rock and Roll, those definitely will be used, at least at, at first. And then, like the album's so deep, and that's why it's 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 tough to choose. So live, we wait about wait till about forty minutes before we go on stage. You know, the obvious. Uh, I want you to want me surrender, dream please. Those are usually in the set. But then, uh, as I recall, uh, I think we we did three shows in England a few years back, and we did sixty songs over the three days. So we picked a lot of different stuff. You know, I, I tell you, I'll tell you, and, and I'd like, I'd like all of you guys to the rest of you guys to chime in on this, Robin, I'll start with you. One of the things that a lot of rock fans complain about, about bands that they go to see all the time that have been around a long time is the set list never changes. They do the same show every night. If they're just locked in, they know exactly what's coming next. That's not the case with cheap trick. You guys always change stuff in and out on any given night on your set. Robin, talk about uh, being able to do that. Is that about keeping it just as fresh for you as it is for the audience? Uh, that's that's part of it, yeah. Um, I think that other bands that don't make records, you know, of course, they probably do the same set every night. But we make new, new records all the time, and uh, that's part of the reason why we started changing our set every night. We change it around, I don't think, in the last maybe 10 years, we haven't. Uh, done the same set back to back so i mean it's always a little different and uh it keeps us a little fresh you know to where you know you, you get a little tired of the same set every night i would imagine so 
you know, that's that's why we we swap things out. We got a lot to choose Tom, from. Yeah, you do. Tom, do you enjoy that spontaneity? Yeah, it keeps it, it again, it keeps it exciting for us. Now, you know, because some people are there just to hear the hits or maybe they were just there to see this is the first time they've ever seen you or they've seen you a hundred times. So basically you can't win. Just, we might as well do what we want to do tonight and just go for it. You know, and if, you know, you're hearing it, oh, and here's a song from our new record. Well, it gives people a good, you know, bathroom break or whatever, or, or <laughs> the diehard fans normally don't want to hear the hits because they've heard them a million times. You know, the right. songs we play all the time. And then the people who have never seen us or maybe, you know, once or twice, you know, they want to hear their, their old favorites. So what can you do? Let's see. Let's, let's just do what we want. How about that? Yeah. Hey, Dax, and, and one thing from you on this. Now, this is interesting, given that you, of course, don't have the history with the band from the beginning by any stretch. Are you able to, if anybody in the band calls out anything from the catalog, do you know it? Do you know everything on every song, every record, if there was an audible called? I think pretty close. Yeah. I mean, I I started on piano when I was six years old and took lessons until I graduated high school and then started playing guitar. But then I have one of the most famous guitar players in the world as a dad. And then my older brother, Miles, is a phenomenal guitar player. So I figured, why be the third guitar player in the family? So <laughs> that's kind of where drums became my thing. And, you know, I was a shy kid. I didn't want to be up front. And uh, yeah, so I kind of learned all the, I just, you know, in my free time, I just learned the guitar parts, learned the piano parts or the drums or all of it just to kind of wrap my head around it. And it paid off all these years, you know? So what you're saying, Dax, is that you could not only play the drums on any song in the Cheap Trick catalog, but it's sounding like you could play anybody's instrument and jump in for anybody. <laughs> not as well as they do, but I, I could at least fake it until they found an adequate replacement. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Let's welcome in uh, another one, uh, another one of our listeners for this special Trunk Nation virtual invasion. We're going to South Dakota to welcome in Nick Foster, who has a question for the guys in Cheap Trick. And again, Nick, when you join us, please address it to one of the guys in the band that you'd like to start out answering it. Go ahead, Nick. Welcome. Okay. This question's for Robin. Um, talk about your thought process on deciding to sit on this record over the last year. And then also wondering if you could talk about how you came up with the new album title, In Another World, and if it was inspired by events of the last year. Um, it's not inspired by the events of the last year. I would say it's more inspired by the events of the last four years. Like the division that's gone on in our country, in the U.S. anyway, uh, has uh, affected everyone. And I think the record reflects that. Bef before COVID, um, in another world, that song is sort of saying that, you know, in, in, in another world, you know, we, if we could all just give up this division and live together, we could all be happy. You know, <laughs> it's pretty simple, really, when you say it that way. But so to answer your question, it really has nothing to do with COVID, but it does looking back on it. Thank you very much, Robin. Appreciate that. And uh, let's do a break right now. 
And when we come back, we'll continue talking with the guys in Cheap Trick about their new album, In Another World, and welcome in some more callers and viewers to this Trunk Nation virtual invasion. We'll be back with more with Cheap Trick right after this. Traded the Sunset Strip for the Information Superhighway. Welcome back to the Trunk Nation Virtual Invasion on Sirius XM's volume. Here's your host, Eddie Trunk. Trunk. Thanks for being here, everybody, and thanks for listening to this Trunk Nation Virtual Invasion. This time around, joined by Cheap Trick in support of their new album, In Another World, out on April 9th in various formats. Cheap Trick with vinyl, a special picture disc vinyl available at Target only, uh, regular vinyl, my favorite, the CD they're still putting out. Cheap Trick were ahead of their time in the uh, the the return of the 8-track, which seems to be imminent. They actually put an 8-track out of one of their albums a few albums ago. Rick, I remember you telling me you did that because you wanted to be number one on a chart somewhere. And since nobody else was doing an eight track, it would get you a number one eight track. Oh, uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, but right. uh, <laughs> but it was kind of funny. It was just fun to do. It's like, you know, uh, we actually we were uh, we actually beat the Beatles when they had the number one. In the, it was called number one the album where they had all the stuff on it. It's like. Uh, in one city, we were we were number one. We beat them. So I only told about that one city. And uh, so, you know, was, but, you know the A-track was kind of funny because, uh, you know, nobody had it. Now, if you bought our A-track, you also had to go out and buy a car. <laughs> play it in. I think sending it to all these DJs. And, yeah. I think it know, was for the latest, right? Wasn't it for the latest that you did that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, like I said, I'm not even joking. I've just gotten hit up about two people releasing eight tracks. Forget it. Cassettes are everywhere again. Eight tracks are the next thing that's about to come back. It's crazy. All right, well, let's I, welcome. I, 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 I like vinyl too because I could actually read, uh, see a nice a liner picture notes. And, and liner notes because I love that. I loved it growing up. I always wanted to know who was the second engineer and where they recorded and blah blah blah. You know, it's like that's yeah. important stuff to. Guys like us that are in the studio. The font is bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's welcome in our next uh, viewer and listener. And this is Dave. And Dave is joining us from Texas. And Dave has got a great cheap trick backdrop behind him on his Zoom. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Eddie. And thank you for everything you've done over the last year. It's really helped me and thousands of your listeners out during a really tough time, and I'm just looking forward to seeing Cheap Trick for my 30, 35th time uh, later this year. Um, this awesome. one I'm going to direct you. to Tom because my daughter would kill me if I didn't direct it to her because she thinks that your bass line in Gonna Raise Hell is the best bass line in rock, and I'm not going to argue with her on that one. So several years ago, the band re-recorded the album In Color with Steve uh, Albini, Nirvana's uh, producer. The rough mix sounds like it could be an amazing album if completed. Would Cheap Trick ever consider releasing a special two-disc version that included the special re uh, special remastering of the original plus a fully finished Albini version of the album? You should work for a record company. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> 
like I said, that's that's a good idea. We the only reason that hasn't been released is because we never got to the point of actually finishing it. It's close, and I think we probably will finish it eventually. So we're just waiting to finish it. But <laughs> I, I think we will. Why not? Right? We went to yeah, all let's that do it. record it. it. You know, it's not that easy to re-record an album like that. And like Rick said, we've got the bummer Caroline on there and all sorts of strange stuff. Just, just for clarity purposes, Rick, because or Tom, our call, the caller said it was a remixed version of In Color, but is it remixed or did you actually re-record? It was re-recorded. No, it's re-recorded. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I'd like to borrow his backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> is it? It actually could be copyright infringement. Couldn't you go after him for that, Rick? Well, you know, probably, instead of this this rug I got behind me on the wall that's never fit my <laughs> the back. Anyhow. So, so just in, in closing out on this particular question, there's a chance that the reason the Albini version has not come out of in color is because you haven't finished it. Pretty much. Yeah, I think there's maybe one song left. And it's like, uh, I had the guys, uh, the Foo Fighters said, you know, we should release that. And I said, okay. <laughs> you, know, they, you know, nobody wants to, you know, we, we've come up with our own money to do a lot of these records, you know, because uh, like like Tom and Robin said, you know, we do it for our own enjoyment. Uh, we've never been uh, hoping. I, I would tell people, it's like, if we waited to have a hit to go out and tour, we'd never tour. You know? Yeah, and if we waited to have a record company interested in re-recording in color, we'd probably be waiting the rest of our lives. Yeah, there you go. Right, right. So, so the, our, the guy with the backdrop and the good idea, maybe he should start a record company. Right. There you go. <laughs> let's, let's, bring, let's bring on our next, uh, our next caller. And this is Danny, who is in, I believe, Los Angeles, who's going to be joining us right now. Danny Saint! Da I know him! Danny Saint! Oh, rocking, okay. a, rocking a St. Hey, Patrick's Day green cheap trick shirt. Happy St. Patty's Day. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! Congrats on the new record. We're looking forward to hearing it uh, in its entirety. Um, I guess I'll direct this question to you, Robin. Yes, sir. Um, after spe after spending the last year in lockdown, how has your perspective on life or music or your career? Well, I, I finally got to meet my wife. <laughs> for Twenty-seven years of being married. Um, you know, really, it's been a hassle for me. I, it's like a double-edged sword, you know. I've never spent that much time with my loved ones all at once. But at the same time, I miss being out on the road. That's what I do. That's me, you know. So it's kind of, it works both ways. I agree. Tom, you, we, 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 the, the time, the year at home, you itching to get back out on the road, or has it been good for you? Well, sure I am. We, uh, you know, that's what we've done our whole lives. We started out in, you know, nightclubs and bars and it's really what we know and it's what we do. You know, we do it for a living and we, we, that's what we do. But it, it, it's been nice to spend time with a family like that. And, you know, you make the best of whatever situation you're in, you know? So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting out and playing again, for sure. Another thing that's nice too, I think for all of us, is we we all have children, and uh, they're they're all musicians. It seems like so. Yeah. 
you know, we get to enjoy their product, whatever they're working on, or we're there to, you know, listen or help any way we can. And that's kind of cool. Well, Robin, your son was playing, was, was on stage with Cheap Trick playing with you guys the last few times I saw you, right? Yeah, he's, he's been out with us the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, it's got right. a chance to put down the guitar and I can be like Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Dax, for you, you've got little, little ones. Uh, I think you told me three and four your kids are. So I, I guess, you know, it's good that you're, you're around at these, at these uh, early ages, but then you're probably doing a lot of diaper duty, right? <laughs> no, no diapers anymore. Just straight up uh, big dumps in the toilet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wipe three butts a day now instead of just one. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> well, I, there's I, the, I miss these, you know, like they said though, it's so great to be home. But after a year, it's like okay, let's go do what we do. And this is it's a year's too long, and there's nothing we can do about it. It's not like it was on purpose, but I miss right. I miss I miss the old guys now that I'm with the young guys so much. You know. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring in Taylor uh, Taylor DeRocher. It looks like Taylor is our next next person here listening and watching on our zoom to join us for this trunk nation virtual invasion. Hi Taylor. Where are you, uh, where are you at today? I'm in Canada. I'm in Ontario near the Detroit border. Oh, cool. Nice. Well, yeah. welcome. Uh, ask your question to any member of cheap trick you'd like. All right. Uh, my questions for Robin. Um, how do you guys keep your sound so authentic and true to Cheap Trick after all these years when there's a status quo of how things should sound based on society or what's popular? Well, when we started out, we rehearsed three nights in a row in Rick's dad's garage. And I think from that point on, after that, we started playing live. And it's, um, the feeling's always been the same since, you know, when we play together, something magical happens i don't really know how to explain it but it's just uh feeding off of each other and and having fun up there it's uh it's kept us alive for all these years it's like musical super glue thank you taylor for the question appreciate it uh moving along let's get ashley who is in boston on with the guys from cheap trick Hi, thank you. So hi, I will hi, I will direct my question to Dax because he's a little bit on the younger side. So <laughs> there's been a lot of talk lately that rock is dead. So what is your opinion on this? I, I think it's not dead at all. I think um, without burning any bridges, I think, you know, the labels know that the money is in hip hop and in whatever the, the term is these days. But I think there's as many rock and roll bands out there today as as ever, and I think kind of like what Taylor just asked, how do you how do you not fall into the trap of making music that sounds like today? You know, I think unfortunately you hear a lot of music from the '80s, and you can tell, man, that was from the '80s because you know they were trying to sound like it sounded on the radio, and some of those are great songs, but you know, the production makes it sound super dated. So I think there's plenty of rock and roll now. It, if you want to go find it and uh there's just not the, the the label backing as much for rock and roll artists to get out on tv and on the radio so you kind of got to unfortunately you can't do it right now but you have to go out and see live music and there's i guarantee there's rock and roll with tom's daughters out there or robin's son and daughter or, or me even you know like i'm still playing rock and roll every day because i'm not trying to that's what i love it's the only choice 
Yeah, I would agree. I think it's ludicrous when people try to make that statement. I mean, rock and roll always goes in ebbs and flows, and it's always going to have different peaks. I think MTV was a big driver of it, of course, back in in the 80s and into the 90s. With that going away, it's changed a little bit. But anybody just has to go out to one of these shows or festivals and can see that it's, it's very, very alive and well. And I'm really excited. I think there's some fantastic new ex- younger bands that I'm really really excited for. I hope people give them an opportunity and they're able to break through. But I think if people really take the time and and seek it out, there's plenty of great new young music out there. And a lot of older bands like, of course, Cheap Trick are just still doing it so well. So I, I don't buy into that narrative at all. And I, I agree with you, Dex. Yeah, Anybody else want to chime in on that? Well, there's still a rock band that won the Grammys this year, right? Didn't, didn't the Strokes win or somebody? Yeah, I'm not. You don't open a can of worms up with me with the Grammys because I don't put a lot of stock in the Grammys for rock and roll, especially for their 15 second nod to Eddie Van Halen this year. But that's another story. They don't even televise the category, so you don't want to get wound up on that right now. Eddie, because I I heard what you said about that, and I agree. Yeah, I am not. I don't think anybody's going to use the Grammys anymore as a benchmark, unfortunately, for rock bands the way they've been the last. 25, 30 years, but all respect to the the bands that have won them. Uh, congratulations, but it's kind of hard to stomach sometimes. All right, let's get Bill in here. Bill is from Minnesota and he's up next. We have time for a few more questions to finish up here. We'll squeeze in as many people as we can on the Cheap Trick Virtual Invasion. Bill in Minnesota is up next. Hey, I got a question. So the big, this is for Rick, um, big fan of early Cheap Trick and the story behind the band and one of my favorite booklets is this uh, Sex America Cheap Trick. Great four-disc set. It's got a lot of great information in it. Is there any other rarities out there that you guys might release in the future? Well, just even on my computer, because I, uh, I'm the worst mixer on earth. So I hear some of these things. I've, I've got I've got little bits in this and that. Robin, I'm sure you do too, but I've, I've never thought about making it into rarities. I need somebody to, to to prod me about that kind of stuff. Robin, I know you have a lot of outtakes too. Well, sure, but I'm just, uh, you know, I, I don't want to give it up because it might turn into something later on down the road. <laughs> Is there a lot of additional stuff? Is there such a thing as say the cheap trick vault, you know, everybody seems to have a vault. Every band talks about a vault where there's old stuff or old tapes or old stage stuff. Do you have a, is there a central cheap trick place where all this stuff is archived and stored? Uh, A lot of stuff is stored, but I don't know about archived. I mean, uh, I've never thrown any guitar away or any amp away and, uh, or wardrobe away and I'm in a Robin too. I mean, we have all this, Tom, we have tons of stuff. We used to have that warehouse in the middle of Illinois somewhere. I don't know if that's, which we, we still do. And then we also have uh, some place where a, a bunch of stuff is stored. I don't know. I've never been there myself. So yeah, musically it's easier to store it online now and, you know, in the internet, uh, it's easier that way. Let's bring up uh, one more caller here. I think we'll have time for one or two more. Uh, Brad in North Carolina is next up. Brad, welcome and uh, fire away at any of the guys in Cheap Trick. Hi, Eddie and everybody. Thanks for letting me join. Uh, so this question is for Rick, and you might want to be careful since your son's on, but I grew up in the 70s, and that was my favorite decade because of all the bands that I was introduced to, and, and I got introduced to you guys through Dream Police. Um, and I loved going to concerts back then, but I'm curious, with all the decades you guys have been uh, touring what was your favorite decade to tour in and why 
Oh, geez. Uh, I've enjoyed everyone. You know, it's like, um, I think touring is, is, is half of my life. And it's like, uh, there's good things about the seventies. You know, Tom and I were in bands in the sixties. So it's like, you know, I'm looking forward to the future. And it's like, cause it, cause of, especially after this pandemic, what, what's the world looking like? What is, what's the new, uh, atmosphere? What's the new, uh, music scene and it, it, it seems like there's a lot of stuff that could be very very interesting so and touring uh, i used to like touring more before uh 9 because after 9 i get searched at the airport at least three times every flight because i look kind of shady <laughs> <laughs> so so uh i mean imagine touring now is a lot more comfortable because you're able to be in contact with everybody at home so easy. The advent of cell phones, computers, the buses are, are a heck of a lot nicer. I, I would imagine that as much fun as it must have been in the 70s in those days, uh, Robin, would you agree now is a little bit more more comfortable? You enjoy it more? Well, now? if you're looking for comfort, yes. And at the same time, the 70s was certainly my favorite because we first started out then. And uh, that uh, that climb to where we got to was uh, pretty exciting. Tom, how have you seen the Cheap Trick audience change over the decades through all the touring? Do you see a lot of younger people? Are you seeing people bringing their kids? Are you seeing a wide mix of, of people that are there from the beginning or younger? What are you seeing out there? You just answered your own question. Yeah, we do see... We see every element we see, and, and it's it's nice because we'll see people that we've seen for years, or and, and you'll recognize people you may not know their names, and it's it's always nice to see a familiar face, especially in an unusual setting. You'll be in Wales or something, and you'll see somebody, oh, that you know, you recognize some people from somewhere else, and you know, it's it's really it's really nice to see people out there that you know and recognize and um yeah you see we see a lot of young kids and what's strange to me is you'll see a lot of people that are really quite young not not little little kids I mean, sometimes but you know teenagers or whatever and they'll be singing along to you know songs from the first and second album and just deep cuts it's like wow that's impossible they're not just singing along to the you know the, the big you know a hit so it's it, we really it's a lot of different age groups and it's, it's nice to see the same people again, you know, a lot of times it really, it really is. It's a, we, that that's one thing I do miss too, is seeing those people again, even though you don't really know them, but it's, uh, they, so. they us, kind of. <laughs> music. but if we, yeah, they know if we, you, they, they know you, that's why they're there, Robin, right? <laughs> yeah. And if I see one of those kids singing along, I try to grab them and bring them on stage to sing along with us. <laughs> and, and and Dax, and we're not, unfortunately, we're not going to, well, there's a few people left on the sheet, but we're out of time here. So we're not going to be able to get to these final few people. And I apologize for that. But I thank you for watching and, and signing up to be a part of this. But one final thing, Dax, just to include you in a way uh, on this, you obviously weren't even born in the 70s. So for you, in your time in Cheap Trick, do you have a personal highlight? Is there a show or a moment for you that was a favorite so far in your tenure with the band? Oh man. Uh, probably. I, I think going to Japan for the first time, you know, 
the Japanese history is such a pivotal part in Cheap Trick's history. So the first time I got to go and actually be on stage and witness the audience, how they interact, you know, they clap, 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 and then they get real silent so they can hear what you say. And I'd always heard stories about that. But when I first went there and performed and they, they were so welcoming to me as the new guy. And, you know, it was just, I think playing in Japan, every time we go there, probably it's just such a different world than anywhere else. You go to the, you know, no offense to the UK, but it's similar to the States. You go to Australia, it's similar because the different accents, but you go to Japan and, you know, you, I look different than everybody there and they speak a different language than me, but music is what brings us all together. And it's, you know, they try their hardest to, to speak to us and they come to the train station with signs and they give us gifts. And it's just like, you know, I never thought I'd be a part of like Beatlemania in, in a way, you know, people follow you to the train station and somehow they're there before we get there. Like they must have a better train system than we know about, but you know, just seeing the way these, how cheap trick broke there and then to still see how, when we go back, that's kind of, do they still, do they still scream the same way they scream on Budokan? The met of all the great things about Budokan. One of the other, one of the many great things about it is the greatest recorded screams from an audience. I've never heard like screams <laughs> of joy. Do they still scream like that when you go to Japan, even now, Rick? Of course. <laughs> of course they do and uh they, they say look just, at that shady like, guy that got stopped at customs well, yeah i know <laughs> but, but but it's true it's like uh, uh another world that's a good title for the, the next japanese record and i should <laughs> say hi to, to danny saint and lisa and all these people i see all the people that have uh, not getting questions on here uh as danny uh he was been a fan for a long time and he's uh He's got a band too. A lot of these guys that, are, that follow Cheap Trick are, are musicians too. It's like, it's pretty cool. Well, as I've said many times, everybody loves Cheap Trick. There's something to love for everybody in your music, and it, it crosses a lot of different uh, borders. And I think it's, I think it was great when it first started, and you're still making great music now. The new album, In Another World, again, is out on April 9th. And just keep an eye on CheapTrick.com. There's some dates up there now. Keep a close eye on them, and you can see if they end up coming off the page or stay on the page, and if they're going to happen. Fingers crossed we get back to normal and get out there seeing Cheap Trick and all the other bands that we're missing. And apologies to Sam, William, Mark, and Clay Sorry, guys, we just ran out of time, but thank you so much for signing up. Thanks to everybody for signing up to watch and listen, and thanks to everybody for listening to Trunk Nation and this virtual invasion. Guys, congratulations on another great record. Great to see you. Hopefully we'll do it in person soon, and thank you for the time. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. Good work, man. Bye, everyone. See, see you guys. So thank like you. Well, my thanks to Robin and Rick and Tom and Dax. Please check out the new Cheap Trick album, In Another World. It truly is a killer record, and it's out now. At the time we did the interview, you just heard the album had not yet been released, but of course it's out and available now, and it's a really, really solid record. I hope you enjoyed hearing a, an Invasion format show for the first time ever on the podcast. And uh, we'll do more of those from the archives as we move forward with new episodes each and every Thursday. Available to you on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Pandora, on the SiriusXM app. New episodes every Thursday. Be sure to check them out. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Be sure to catch me on the radio Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. SiriusXM Channel 106, volume for Trunk Nation. 
And I'll be back next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Take care. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.